Hey, welcome back to the Christmas edition of More Than Bread. My name is Dan, and the countdown has begun, right? Six days to go, three days till our Christmas Eve Eve service at Calvary, or some call it our Christmas Adam service. Just heard that this year. Get it? First comes Adam, and then Eve. <laughs> anyway, that's on Saturday evening. And then in four days, we have three Christmas Eve services at Harvest Fields and three at our other gatherings in Lewistown, Milheim, and Tyrone. And then in five days is the big day, right? Christmas Day. My daughter Sarah will be here with Lynn and I. All the other kids are at the in-laws, and uh, Sarah, Lynn, and I will go to Lancaster to spend the day with her folks. And then in six days, the day after Christmas, <laughs> that's the day of rest. That, that's what I'm really counting down towards. But at the same time, I hope you can hear me say, don't get so busy in the next two weeks from now till New Year's Day. Don't get so busy that you don't take some time out, a pause from the clause, a time out to let your, your mind and your heart just ponder Jesus. Let your soul saturate a bit in Christ. Read the story. Do you know that only 22% of the adults in America feel like they could accurately retell the Christmas story? I mean, read it in, in Matthew and Luke and even John. Perhaps even read a whole gospel or maybe even all four gospels in the next two weeks. Let your heart be stirred by the story of Christ because Christ is the treasure of Christmas. And there's absolutely nothing no one like Christ. Still today, Christmas is not just a good story. It is a true story. And, and it's not just a true story. It's a continuing story. And I'll tell you what, our souls are longing to be part of that story. Like I've said in the last few episodes, the Word of God is more than just a study book or even a story book. It is that. And, and when we don't know the story of God, we miss out. But when the Spirit of God grabs a hold of the Word of God and breathes those words into the people of God, it's more than just the written Word. It becomes the spoken Word of God for you right now in the moment. It's, it's a personal message from God for you. And, and every message has woven through it. God's saying, I see you and you matter. You matter enough for me to share my words with you. You matter enough for me to speak to you. So this is episode number 217 of More Than Bread, and it's episode number 14 of our Christmas pause. In the last episode, we took in Mary's song, right? The Magnificat, Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 56, really the very first Christmas hymn. In this episode, we'll make our way to Luke chapter 2, and I'll read you the rest of the story. It's a little bit longer passage, so just relax and imagine this in your mind. I'm reading Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 21 in the New International Version. It says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David, the king, right? Verse 5, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, sometimes we say swaddling cloths. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Christ, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host, that word host means army, a great company of the armies of heaven appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. We've looked at that word favor before, right? Verse 15, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go see. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which they were just which were just as they had been told. And on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Most of this episode, I just want to tell you a story. <laughs> One of my favorite Christmas stories and, and, uh, and kind of weave through the story with the scripture. It's a story that Max Lucado first told, at least when I uh, first heard it. Five-year-old Madeline climbed into her father's lap. Get enough to eat, he asked her. She smiled and patted her tummy. Can't eat anymore, Daddy. Did you have some of Grandma's pie? A A whole piece. Joe looked across the table at his mom. Looks like you filled us up. Don't think we'll be able to do anything tonight, but go to bed. Madeline put her little hands on both sides of his big face. Oh, but Daddy, this is Christmas Eve, and you said we could dance. I did? Her dad said, I don't remember saying anything about dancing. But Daddy, Madeline pleaded, we always dance on Christmas Eve, just you and me, remember? The smile sneaks out. Of course I remember, sweetie. How could I ever forget? And with that, he stood and took her hand in his, and they danced. And as they danced for just a moment, in his mind, his wife was alive again, and they were spending another Christmas Eve dancing the evening away. They would have danced for the rest of their lives, but then came the surprise pregnancy, followed by complications in the delivery. Madeline was born the same week that her mother died, and Joe, a butcher from Minnesota, was left to raise Madeline alone. Come on, Daddy, let's dance before everyone else gets here. Soon friends would fill the house, and and the moment would be passed, but for now... It was just Daddy and Madeline. Now, I'm, I'm not much of a dancer, but I am a father, and something just grabs my, my father heart as I peek in on Joe and little Madeline on Christmas Eve. There's just something so beautiful, something so right about that glorious family scene. And I think that's what we're peeking in on through the eyes of the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. I mean, doesn't something just grab our hearts as we peek in on that glorious family moment? You know, there's a Pew survey not long ago on Christmas that reported our views of Christmas. Nine out of ten Americans would celebrate, will celebrate Christmas. Three out of four Americans say they believe in the virgin birth. But by far the number one thing that people look forward to at Christmas, for 70% of the people, the number one answer was spending time with family. 
See, we were created for family. We were. We're created for family. And few seasons remind us of that, like Christmas. I mean, what is Christmas really all about? It's about family. I mean, what if Christmas is really true? The story of Christmas is really true. Well, that would mean that the family for which your heart longs really exists. See, there's a home that our hearts desire above all other homes. And whether your family works or not, our longing for family comes from hearts that are homesick for God our Father. But sometimes even when home works, we run, right? Sometimes we, sometimes we mess home up. The day came when Madeline turned away. As Max Lucado writes, rebellion flew into Joe's world like a Minnesota blizzard. At 16, Madeline decided she didn't need her dad or want to be in his home any longer. They struggled. She wanted freedom. He wanted limits. She wanted pierced body parts and tight skirts. He doesn't understand the late nights and poor grades, and he's sure that kids down the street are no good for her, and there's no way she's going to spend Christmas Eve with him. You'll be with us, young lady, at your grandma's house. So there they were, worlds apart, on different sides of the same table, neither one talking, Joe partially angry, partially heart hurt, not knowing how to talk to this girl who once wanted nothing more than to dance with her daddy. Soon family and friends come. They fill the house. Put on the music, Joe, hollers one of his brothers. He does, and for a moment he hopes it might remind Madeline of another time. He walked over to her and said, Would you dance with your daddy tonight? The look on her face as she turned and walked out the front door just tore Joe's heart in two. And then one spring day, she and her boyfriend bought a bus ticket to who knew where, and Madeline was gone. See, sometimes even though in our heart of hearts we ache for family, we ache for home, sometimes we run away. The Bible says that Madeline's story is our story. We turned our backs on God and we ran from home. Christmas is a reminder that we have a Father in heaven who pursues us no matter how far or how long we run. In fact, the angel told Joseph in Matthew 1 that Jesus' nickname would be Emmanuel, which means God is with us or maybe even means God's out looking for us. Madeline's boyfriend had a cousin. For a few bucks, he let them stay in his apartment. They they had dreams. He was going to be a car mechanic. She was going to get a job at a department store. A couple of weeks later, both her boyfriend and his cousin changed their minds. No more apartment, no more boyfriend, no home. A woman who lived in the park told her about the homeless shelter. Her last dollars bought her a cot and a bowl of soup. As she tried to sleep that night, scared, lonely, for the first time in weeks, she thought of her dad his whiskered face as he would kiss her goodnight. But she she hardened her heart against the tears. There was no going back. The next morning, the girl in the cot next to her showed her a pocket full of cash that she'd made dancing on tables in a bar. You don't have to stay here, she said. They're looking for another girl. We can make enough money to get our own place. Madeline's stomach felt queasy at the thought, but by the end of the week, still no job and no more money, she found herself in, in that bar on one of those tables. What a mess, right? Let me ask you this. Did you ever think that maybe your life was too messed up to be able to get into God's house? I love I love how how Luke tells the Christmas story. And in Luke 2, verses 8 through 12, he says that the angel said to the shepherds, don't be afraid. That's understandable. I understand the don't be afraid part. This host of heaven's armies. <laughs> don't be afraid. This is great news, the angel says. Jesus, the Savior, has come. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. 
said the angels to the shepherds, to you. And, and they were echoing the words of Isaiah hundreds of years early when he said, for unto us, a child is born to us, a son is given to, to you, to us, not, not just to Mary and Joseph, to us. It's the birth announcement that would forever change the depth and breadth of family. No longer would family be limited to those born of the same mother or father, or even those who live in the same house. This was our baby. Jesus was our baby. This was the shepherd's baby. Shepherds were the dock workers of their day, kind of loud and crude and rough, more likely to cuss in the baby's presence than bow. Shepherds didn't live in the upper echelons of society. They didn't have the cleanest of hands or hearts. But listen to me, the glory of Christmas is not that God was born in a mess without a family. It's that he welcomes messy people into his family. This became Jesus' trademark. He wasn't born in a gated community or palace with guards. He was born to us, a son given to us. And there is no us that is not welcome to come home. If Madeline knew anything, she knew how to dance. Her father had taught her, and now men her father's age watched her. Most days she just buried thoughts of home and thoughts of shame in the same area of her heart, which might have worked if not for the letters. Not one or two, but a box full. Her old boyfriend's cousin brought them to her. Her boyfriend must have given her dad that address. The envelope sat unopened in her dressing room at the club. Sure, her father wanted her home, but that was only because he didn't know what she was doing. The pile continued to grow. The cousin brought over a letter or two every week. Still, she was able to keep her emotions buried, her heart hard, except for that time when she saw a dress that looked just like the one her father had bought her before she left. Looking at the dress in the store window, Madeline realized she'd give a thousand dresses to be able to go home. The leaves fell, the air chilled, the stack of letters grew, but Madeline refused to read them, refused to give her father her address. She didn't want him to find her. And then just a few days before Christmas, another letter arrived. It was waiting for her in her dressing room at the dance club, same shape, same color, but this one had no postmark. A big man stopped by and asked me to give this to you, explained one of the dancers said you'd understand the message. He was here? Madeline asked anxiously. She swallowed hard and looked at the envelope. She opened it and removed the card. I know where you are, it read. I, I know what you do. It doesn't change the way I feel. What I've said in each letter is still true. Her heart started to soften. Fracture lines started appearing. She, she needed to know what the other letter said. She pulled a letter from the stack and read it, then a second, then a third, then a fourth. Each letter had the same sentence, asked the same question. Within moments, the floor was scattered with torn envelopes. And her father had found his way back into her heart. Within an hour, she was on the bus. I just want to make it home in time, she thought. The relatives were starting to leave. Joe was helping Graham in the kitchen with his brother called from the suddenly silent den. Joe, someone's here to see you. Joe stepped out of the kitchen to see his Madeline. A backpack in one hand, a card in the other. The answer is yes, she said. If the invitation is still good, the answer is yes. 
Oh, sweetie, her dad said, the invitation will always be good. And so Madeline returned home, and father and daughter danced again on Christmas Eve. And as they danced on the floor, near the door, rested a card with Madeline's name and her father's invitation. Will you come home and dance with your daddy again? See, Jesus came to put the us in Christmas. You and I were created for family. I don't care who you are, what you've done, or how long you've been. I don't care how good you think you've been. (laughs) We were created for family. We long for family. Whether our family gets it right or misses the mark, we long for family. That first Christmas, God was, was starting a family that would be for all people. And here's the good news about Jesus. He doesn't mind messy people. He doesn't mind the messy people in your family. He doesn't mind the messy people in your neighborhood or in your workplace or at your school. His family is filled with messy people. He loves messy people. He started his life in a manger wrapped in rags and he ended his life on a cross wrapped in rags. And from the first mess to the last, he hung around with a lot of messed up people. He kept loving them, embracing them, cleaning up the mess, and inviting them home to family. And Christmas is our invitation to come home. He's inviting you to come home. He's telling you to go invite others to come home. Christmas is God saying, I don't want to love you from a distance. I'll I'll leave home so that you can come home because there are some things that you can only do up close, like hug and dance and love. Christmas is true. It changed everything. He came. He still comes. And and you have a family, a forever family. And, And your neighbors who don't even know that, they need to know that. You need to tell them that they have a family. The Father God loves them, that Jesus is pursuing them. He came. He still comes. And you have a family, a forever family. God, I just thank you for the true story of Christmas. I thank you that it's not only a good story, it's a true story. It's not only a true story, it's a continuing story. It's a story that our hearts long to be a part of. And so I pray for each and every person listening. God, I I pray for the messes in our life. I pray for the messy people in our life. And I pray that all of us, God, the people that we know, the people that we don't know who live in our neighborhoods, who are living such messy lives. God, I I pray that we would be bearers of the invitation that Father God is calling us to come home. And and I pray that there would be people, people even listening right now, who, who, who this would be the year, this would be the moment, today would be the time when they come home, when they say, Jesus, forgive me for everything I've done. Forgive me for the mess. I'm not going to try to clean it up and then come home. I'm going to come home so that you can clean it up. God, we thank you for all your grace, all your gifts. We thank you that Christmas is a true story and each and every one of us have a home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.